Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back, and uh, this is normally where we talk news and notes. We're coming off a bye week, huge football game for the Detroit Lions, but uh, I'm excited to announce that Eric Schlitt from USA Today Lions Wire has been uh, gracious enough to come on the show and join us and talk some Lions football coming off the bye week heading into this game against the Packers. We want to get his thoughts on what's happened in the season, all types of other topics, and all talk about this game on Monday night under the lights. So, uh, Eric, how are you? Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Oh, you know, mid, uh, mid season here, getting close to mid season. So we're, uh, we're busy as can be and rolling along. So, uh, thanks for having me on again and, uh, appreciate you reaching out. Absolutely. We, we just, Appreciate making the time. Eric Schlitt, one of the hardest working guys in the business. I mean, always breaking great stories on Lions Wire and always on top of it. So happy to have him today. So again, like when you've been on before, Eric, we don't mess around here on the podcast. We get right into football. Um, what I want to know from you is like, so we're looking at the current record, you know, two, one and one. How do you feel about that current record? And then like kind of go back to what you thought you where the Lions might be uh just coming off this bye heading into this big game like how does it jive with what you thought as well as like how do you feel about this record so far because a lot of people are pretty kind of encouraged and there's also been a little bit of disappointment here and there so kind of a mixed bag but uh interested in your thoughts yeah when I did my uh when I did my preseason predictions I had them at two and two at the, at the break. I had them beating okay. Arizona and, and San Diego. And then I had them losing to the Eagles and, and the chiefs. So they're ahead of the curve on what I thought they were going to do. Obviously the Arizona game, uh, you know, that would have been, uh, you know, that would have been a must much better t- left a much better taste in our mouth if it was a win, of course. But, you know, as you can already see in the rankings this week, the Lions, even though they were on a bye, because they didn't lose that game, they now sit in second place instead of uh, instead of tied for third with the uh, with the other with um, the Vikings and the Bears. So, you know, I think that tie it could end up coming back to bite them, but I, I think it's going to end up being one of those things that kind of it it ends up not losing that game could end up being very beneficial down the road. So, you know, I, I'm glad that the fans are encouraged. Uh, I like that. I think playing tough the way that they have even in that loss against the chief i think against the chiefs that's why fans are encouraged and i i i like that i i like to hear these positive um vibes coming out of the the lions community and you know that that first week was of course was a little bit tough to swallow but since then the last three weeks they've looked good in each you clean up a couple of things and and all of a sudden you're looking like a really formidable opponent moving forward 
Eric, just real quick. Uh, Arizona, they played really well. They obviously stumbled down the stretch. And then the Chiefs, you know, they played really well and just wasn't able to make one more play to get off the field. Do you, do you look at the game as a whole and kind of think, man, uh, the, those were really well-played football games for the most part? Or do you take it like some where, you know, they just look that it's an L in the column as well as, you know, the disappointment side more so than, you know, we really played really well for 80% of both those ball games, in my opinion. Just curious your thoughts on that. For me, it's 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 two very different scenarios, the way I look at it. And, and while there is a similarity between them playing well for 80% of the game in, in, in both those situations, and maybe even a bit more, you could argue, with right. Arizona, they didn't close it out. And I think yep. they learned a lesson with that. And I, and, and that helped set them up for the next two games in which they won. So I think they used Arizona as, as like a lesson with the Kansas city game, Kansas city is a much better team, obviously, and they're a very good opponent. And a lot of the talk going into the game was they have to play perfect ball in order to beat them. Well, they showed, even if they don't play perfect ball, they're still in in the hunt with this, this level of team. So it really came down to the fact that they fumbled twice inside the red zone. And, and yeah. that is what really cost them to game when it's all said and done for throw, throw out the, the referee confusion on, on the calls. You can throw all that out. You can throw out the fourth down play that, that Mahomes um, makes at the end that those things are going to happen really realistically. The lions lost that game on their two red zone turnovers and, and, that's encouraging that you can make those two mistakes and still be within striking distance of beating a, a team at that level. So you clean those mistakes up. Now, all of a sudden, like I said, you're, you're hitting with the big boys then. Yeah. Good stuff. I appreciate your take. I always appreciate your positivity and I'm, I'm right there with you on both of those. So Grifka, I'm pitching the ball to you, man, go ahead and, and run with it and hit Eric with uh, your best question. Okay. Um, you know, once again, through the first quarter of the season, um, based on going into the season, what area of the team has exceeded your expectations? And um, what area you think may be falling a little short and um, needs to improve a little bit for this team to succeed the rest of the year? I, I think both those both answers to those two questions come on de- the defensive side of the ball. I think the offense is starting to do what we saw in training camp, which is uh, we're starting to see that all come to fruition. But the both the positive and negative, I think, or you know, from what are we most, what was I, what am I most impressed with? Uh, the coverage on the back end. I really thought the slot was going to be an issue for the Lions, and Justin Coleman has really made me eat my words on that. Uh, we've seen really good coverage from uh, multiple corners, not just your starting two or three. You're seeing now they they've gone four deep now at this point, and they're they're playing well. So that I think they very much exceeded my expectations from a coverage standpoint. The disappointment is is the running game. I mean, this is a team that has the top five potential to play run defense. I'm sorry. So I, I should have said run defense there. This is a team that has top has look at you look at all the talent that they have on that defensive line, and they should be a top five run defense team no matter what. Now, statistically, they're 20th, and if you look at like DVOA, which uses you know, opponents in order to rank efficiency, those, they, they rank 12th. Now 12th isn't terrible. And 20 is not even the worst. I mean, they started last year, like 32nd, right? So it's not, it's not like red flag sirens going off concerning, but it's an area where you thought that they would do well. Now, maybe it's because 
snacks isn't fully healthy and he ha- and he's still coming around from training camp and you know it took flowers a couple of games to get ready you're still missing Deshaun Hand now you're down Mike Daniels all those factor into that running uh run defense disappointment but the potential's there for that unit to get better and if it does and the secondary continues to play the way it is this is a very exciting defense to watch yeah i i'm right there with you with the uh run defense um you know i read other people's comments and they're like oh we eat running backs for, you know for dinner and i'm just like gosh i i thought their run defense could totally improve so right there with you know snacks mm-hmm. harrison losing daniels hurts but if we get deshaun hand back here that can only help the team so uh uh derek um what uh what, what do you have for eric now uh before i ask eric my question so you pretty much agree with him grifka on the uh on the defensive line yep totally <laughs> All right. Um, Eric, uh, again, you brought up great points. I mean, I, I think I'm going to have to kick Griff off the show because I love your takes. And uh, just uh, the, like like I said, the, the way you're, you're breaking this down about the Lions and you brought up a guy that I wanted to talk about my next question. So Deshaun Hand is a guy that I know you've talked about in the past. I know that's a guy that um, you've, you know, spent some time around, sort of have a feel for this guy. I've seen your reports, you know, the brace is off, the brace is on, he's practicing, it's looking good, he hasn't shown up in a game yet. I'm just really both puzzled, intrigued, all types of things about Deshaun Hand because he really flashed, you know, in his role last year. I I really think he's a key piece to that front, as you kind of mentioned, that isn't playing up to the type of standard that we would like, and I think missing this guy has been a big issue. So i just like you to maybe – help the fans understand maybe where he's at or where you think he's at with this injury, as well as maybe when we'd see him back on the field and what kind of impact he can make. Yeah. So because he was injured in training camp, it's, it's really hard for us to get a, uh, we never really got a game feel for, for what he was capable of doing. Cause he's been injured since before the first preseason game. Right. So yeah. um, I think from a injury standpoint, we're, it's it's mostly just speculation, right? So he, he initially had the brace on, and then he took the brace off. And I think when he put the brace on uh, like a week ago or a little over a week ago, I think he was just testing comfort levels because the brace came right off the next day. And, and then he was wearing a, a compression sleeve. And then he tried that, and then he switched out of that. So I think he was looking at different protective gear, and he was trying different things out in practice. I think that's really what that was all about. Uh, but from a from from a when will he be re- able to return to the field aspect? Uh, it's it's really hard to say still. But I can tell you that he has been making steps towards getting back on the field, and it wouldn't surprise me if he was practicing uh, tomorrow. So we'll see. He might still end up on the injury report tomorrow, but if he plays in this game, it would not surprise me at all. If he sat out. I mean, again, it, it wouldn't be overly surprising, but this has always been kind of my target date after the bye was when I thought he would be close to returning. Um, you know, but we, we'll, we'll know more in, in, in the next, you know, 72 hours than I guess we know today. As far as an impact, uh, the stuff that they were doing with him in training camp and in the spring was even more expansive than what we saw from him last year. Last year, we saw him at the nose. We saw him at uh, three technique, five technique, even out at the seven technique. Uh, he expanded that to where he was even standing up and rushing from a standing position, almost similar to like a jack position. Um, they were moving him around to different spots. And 
for a guy who's 300 pounds that, that you can, you know, move and shift and put in motion. It's, it's a scary thought. And I think really his return to the lineup would allow that defensive front to really expand beyond even what we've seen, which um, other than the run defense has been, you know, a pretty good, uh, we've seen, we've got a pretty good impression of them, but I think they, they're only going to get better moving forward. Perfect. Appreciate that. Griff, go back to you. Um, just a quick follow-up. Um, any word on Mike Daniels, what uh, his injury is looking like and how long he may be uh, out for? No, we'll know more when they practice this week. My guess is that it it's he's going to be out a little bit longer. But again, that's just purely speculative on my part. Uh, based on the fact that he was in he uh, was in a boot, he was wearing crutches, he didn't practice at all before the bye. Now, extended time rest that can do wonders for people. It, but foot injuries tend to be uh, problematic for big uh, guys. You know, when you're 300 pounds and your game is drenched in explosion, if you have a foot issue, that can definitely zap some of your um, explosiveness. So. I have a feeling it might take him a little bit longer to return, but again, we'll know more in the next, you know, three days. Okay. Um, that's good stuff to hear. I mean, at least he's not uh, lost for the season. Let's hope that. So uh, um, my uh, question now with um, the trade deadline coming up here pretty soon, I mean, there's always a lot of talk. It seems like anytime there's a big name out there, you're reading the line should trade for this person. Um do you think that the Lions will make a move or is there anybody out there that they should be interested in maybe thinking to add to this team? I don't think they will. Um, I mean, I, I, of course I didn't think they would last year and they ended up getting snacks, but the snacks deal was just too good to pass. You know, yeah. I, I think you'd have to come across a team that's willing to give up somebody for a bargain basement deal. And, and Quinn would then be able to, to, to jump on that. So I definitely think he's exploring, but I don't think he's going out there saying we need this piece in order to, to make this team better. I think they could, they might be looking at a receiver. You know, we've seen a lot of rotations through the, the four and five spots, you know, starting the year with Chris Lacey and Fulgham. And then now both of them are gone. So I don't think they're quite settled at the receiver spot. I think they'd look to upgrade there possibly through a trade. So I wouldn't rule anything out like uh, out, of, out of that realm. Uh, as far as defense, though, you know, we see we keep hearing a lot of these like, oh, the Broncos are going to be willing to trade teams or Washington's going to be willing to trade these. I don't think Bob Quinn's going to give up any big capital in order to go get a, a massive impact player. Like I said, he'd have to come across the right deal. And, you know, going after some of the guys, big names that are out there, those guys don't seem to be going for like, you know, bargain deals right now. They seem to want a lot of draft capital. And I just don't think Bob Quinn's willing to part with that at this point. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. I think the same thing that um, they probably won't make a trade, but it's always nice to think about, you know, to uh, see how much a big big name talent they'd be able to get on the team. So, uh, Derek, uh, what uh, what do you have now? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Eric, I'm glad you're talking draft capital. Because you know that's my sweet spot, the draft. So my next question to you is just kind of was curious on your overall opinion of this draft class. Like what you felt about it, you know, the the surprises, maybe some disappointments. You know, IFC had lots of takes on it, but want to hear what you have. And then I know you put out a couple articles already kind of perusing the 2020 draft. I have to say my board ha- is about halfway up right now to kind of uh, figuring out these names and players. So um, maybe throw one name at the people of an intriguing player that you just uh, might have on your tongue or on on your board or somebody that you've looked at already way early in the process. But um curious on your takes for the the class the Lions had this last year and and maybe not only just where they're at but maybe where some of these guys are going or the patience that some of the fans need to have before we see the fruits of of this draft across the board so so Bob Quinn he doesn't like giving up first second or third round picks he has definite plans for each of those guys and we we've seen this evolve over his last four draft classes the first the guy, whoever he takes in round one that player's going to expect to come in, that player's going to expect to start, and they're going to expect to play close to 100% of the snaps. That's held true every first-round pick he's taken. With the second-round picks, they typically like to play them um, less than half the snaps. They like to give them a role and then see if they can expand that role as it goes. And then in the second half of the year, they like to uh, open that up to where they're almost like a full contributor uh, in the second half. Now, with the third-round guys, they like to sit on them a little bit longer. They don't like to really give them like full-time minutes or, or a heavy increase in minutes to like the really the last quarter of, of the season. If they need to put them in early, then they do. But typically that's like their kind of outlook. When you get to day three, guys, it's always a crapshoot. You're gambling on talent. You're looking at guys who could possibly come in and contribute right away, but you're not counting on it. And so that's why he's more free to gamble with his um, – day three picks than he is typically with his first top 100 picks. Right. So, and we've seen this and, and outside of the Tabor pick, every one of those first three round guys are, are, are massive contributors and everyone and all of the Quinn's draft classes. And, and that's, that's a huge deal to be able to, you know, hit these guys, um, you know, to, that they're going to come in and they're going to be heavy contributors or I think almost all of them are starting at this point. Right. So it's uh that's his game plan. Now, when you look at where this roster is, you really don't know where the holes are because we're only a quarter of the way into the season. But if you look at like expiring contracts, they have four starters on expiring contracts, uh, wide receiver. Cause Amendola is on an expiring contract at guard. Uh, Glasgow is on an expiring contract. Uh, defensive tackle, both Mike Daniels and Ashawn Robinson are on expiring contracts. And then uh, corner, Rashawn Melvin is on an expiring contract. Now, if they're going to target, like if you're looking right now and you're like, hey, I want to scout one position, 
pick one of those positions to scout to scout because those are the those are the areas that they're probably going to look to target in the first three rounds. So the guy I've been saying that people need to look out for is uh, C.D. Lamb, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma. He's a speedy guy. He, he can real good threat. Very good. Um, I could see them, you know, if they're going to, he could be a guy that could, if they continue on their winning streak and they picking, you know, in the playoff area or just before the playoff area, he could, he could be a guy who maybe jumps up into that range and he could fill a role where he would be uh, an excellent third wide receiver that could jump in and take over as a number two, if you decide to move on for Marvin Jones a year later. So receiver makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, there's some other guys that are up there. The key, I think, with this, um, with what he would be looking at in this draft class is you have a couple of guys that have good size but lack separation. So I think he would be targeting a speedy receiver who can get some separation but can also play deep. Those are the traits I think he would be looking for from a receiver standpoint. Very good. Uh, just just real quick on, on the follow-up uh, to that, like – you know, I'm all for draft picks, cheap prospects with big upside. You know, I feel like those draft picks are invaluable. You talked about Quinn's patience and him being able to have these plans for these guys. I mean, I, I kind of love what the Lions are building, and we feel like we're seeing the fruits of their labor. But, I mean, is there a little bit of wiggle room where if a right opportunity comes, you got to pounce on it because this team – does seem pretty close or do you just stick with the long-term plan and just say like in the long run keeping picks keeping the the books balanced all that kind of stuff is going to play out for this team I mean uh, do you think just stick with that or do you think if something comes up to get an impact player that that could push this team over the top I think the I think Quinn's goal is to do what he's doing I think his goal is to toe the line keep the picks build the team from the depth and, or build the team from youth and and then continue to add to depth. Look, they're at a point right now where they have depth at a lot of key positions where they can lose a starter and still be able to maintain their, you know, offensive philosophy or defensive philosophy. And, and, and that's how you win games in December. You know, a lot of the times in the past, we've seen these Lions teams just fizzle out because they just don't have the talent. This is a team that they have depth in a lot of areas where they can lose a starter and still be okay because they're cultivating that depth and they're doing that with youth. And that comes from being able to add players that fit into your system through the draft. Very good. And I'm going to pitch it back to Grifka. I know we didn't get player specific, but I feel like Grifka's favorite player, TJ Hawkinson, has been more than adequate, a very good football player in lots of different areas. I like that I've seen from Tavai. My guy, Will Harris, is is growing into his role, which has been nice. And I just want to see Bryant. Like, I know he's on IR, but I'm itching to see what he can bring this team. I know he's going to have a real limited role this year, but uh, Austin Bryant's a guy that I'm intrigued by in the long term. But I'd like to start seeing something on the back half of this year to validate kind of that fourth round pick they spent on him. So, Grifka, sorry, man. We start talking draft. I could be here for hours. Uh, Go ahead, sir. Um, yeah, um, my question um, goes back to coaching for this team. I know last year when Matt Patricia came in um, in training camp and camps, we 
kind of read and heard like rumblings of some of the veterans were there that wasn't like how he was changing it. They seemed to be working a little harder than what they were used to. Um, this team now is second year and Matt Stafford said they're just, you know, a year into each other. They uh, understand each other a little better. Um, did, did something happen with the team with the guys that are here now? Are they buying into it more? Did Matt Patricia change a little bit? What do you think is, you know, helping this team be successful early on in the season? Yeah, I think it's a combination of all of those things. I think Patricia has loosened up a little bit. I think you can see that in some of his mannerisms um, in public and on the field. He's still, you know, a very smart coach, but I think he understands what it takes to be a head coach, which is something I think he struggled with last year. He he couldn't find. He, it took him a while to find his groove, and I'm not even sure if he actually ever found it. Uh, this year, he seems a lot more confident. There's a trust factor with his coaching staff that I think was lacking a little bit last year, but there were there was also a small contingent of players that didn't buy in. Now, I don't like naming names, but I can tell you a couple of the names I heard about are still in the locker room, which means that maybe they've changed their tune. But I can also tell you that a lot of the names that I heard are not on the roster anymore. So, uh, and that's been a theme with, uh, through since training camp with the players that are here is that, yeah, they're buying in. It's a team approach. They, they care more about the W than they do, than they do about personal accolades. And I know that's can be a lot of just generic talk, but some of my off the record conversations have, have backed that up and that they, uh, those voices of dissent are, are no longer here. And I think that helps a lot. So you add in some veterans that have been, that have a good understanding of Patricia. You have guys that are buying in guys that are getting familiar with the system, the coaching staff adapting, showing more trust, all these things factor into making a team that's more successful on the field. Yeah, I think the big part was, like you said, how Matt Patricia was able to adjust that he wasn't too hard line that made the players like, you know, you better adjust to me and it's my way or the highway. I mean, I'm sure he's the head coach and he still uses some of that power, but it's nice for him to be able to adjust towards, you know, realizing, you know, these were my, you know, maybe some of my weaknesses last year. That's what I need to adjust, put a little more faith in other guys. So, um, I agree with you on that. I think Matt, Patricia, some of the things that we talked about last year, you know, clock management, you know, I don't seem to be sitting here watching the game going, call time out. What are you doing? Like I was last year, you know, maybe like you said, he's changed a little bit. The team is buying into it more. That can only, you know, was, they're putting the team first, as opposed, like you said, their own personal stats. So, um, Derek, uh, what do you have now for, uh, Eric? <laughs> Grifka, we, we got to get Eric out of here um, here in a minute. Do you, do you have any other big questions you want to ask him? Because I only got one more for him, and then I want to have him plug all his stuff, and he's got kids to put to bed and all types of – probably writing 50 articles he's got to write rather than talk to <laughs> us. So you got anything else exciting for him, or, or, or you want me to hit him with this last question? Uh, no, go ahead. I mean, I was I, I really glad I really got to ask him the Matt Patricia question. I was really looking forward to that one. <laughs> Give his opinion. Oh on man, that. like like I say, all these all this time, these questions, your, your answers have been great. We just thank you for making time and coming on the show. So Eric, I've got one more for you. Me and Grifka, I I don't know how this is gonna go. I mean, we we basically this has been a nice break because normally we argue on the show, we go back and forth. I I've got one opinion on this team. Grifka has a different outlook most weeks. 
I don't know how we're going to make it in the car, but we are taking a road trip, me and Grifka, to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, we are we are piling in probably Sunday night and uh, driving through the night, getting there Monday morning, doing all types of anything we can do for fun in Green Bay during the day. We'll be in the parking lot. We're going to be at this football game, Monday night football, Green Bay Packers versus our Detroit Lions. Lots on the line for the division, lots of stakes. Eric Schlitz, do you have a prediction for this football game that you'd like to lay down on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, sir? Oh, geez. I haven't even th- I haven't thought of a score. Uh, <laughs> but I can tell you that in my preseason predictions, I predicted this as a win. Um, the, like the, basic, the basic reason that I predicted this, this was a win was because when you give – look, we've seen when you give Patricia – six days to plan for a team like the chiefs. You can create a game plan that others will then mimic to try and beat the chiefs in, in ensuing weeks. We saw it last year with the Rams. When you give him 13 days to plan for a team, then we saw last year what happens when they fate went up against the Miami dolphins and they basically just molly them. Right? So I think you give them that much time. He's got a chance to, uh, to to scheme a good game plan. He's got a chance to implement and find the weaknesses. This is an attacking offense that's very aggressive. And, you know, you, when you look at the Packers and where they're strong, uh, they'll have some advantages over the Lions, but I think the Lions will have a plan for that. And so I'm still, I'm not going to back down off my prediction of a win. I still think that they're going to go there and they're going to, they're going to win. Um, I don't have a score in mind though. I, I'd have to get back to you on that, but <laughs> I think this is, this is a winnable game. And I, I, I just, there's so much, there's, there's so many little things that, that can happen. Like this team is getting healthier. This team is, can control the ball. The Like one of the reasons that the Packers were able to, win last week against Dallas was that they got out to a lead and then they made Dallas one dimensional. Well, that's what the lions have done to people every, every week they've gotten out to a lead and made the other team one dimensional. So if the lions can continue doing what they've been doing and they, and they can keep that versatility, then you take away a lot of the Packers strengths. And, you know, I, I think it's a win, very winnable game for sure. I, and I would pick, I'm picking them to win. I just don't have a, the numbers yet. Oh, perfect. Uh, like I say, we don't need a score, but I, I love the optimism. Uh, it, it's it's fun to see that we've come this far where you're um, thinking, expecting a line win in Green Bay at this type part of the season. On any Sunday, anything can happen. But, man, is there a lot on the line for this game. So me and Grifker are going to talk all about it throughout the week. Uh, we'll do some podcasts from the road. Probably do a podcast from the parking lot there as we're getting ready for this ball game. Uh, absolutely super excited about it. And, uh, yeah, just been super excited to have you on, Eric. Uh, I know we tried to do this, uh, you know, throughout the season here and schedules weren't matching up. So you just making time and, and uh, talking football with us has been great. So really appreciate it. So anything you want to throw out there, uh, plugs, how, how people can read your stuff at Lions Wire, uh, go to it. And then, like I said, I know you got to um, put those kids to bed here. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, let, let the people know anything you'd like to. And again, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, <laughs> you know, look, you, you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> Right, Eric Schlitt. Are, are uh, you at five thousand now? Are we at five k for you and growing followers on Twitter? 
Yeah, I'm over. I'm over seven thousand. There but we that's, go, man. That's, that's pretty big, good. Big time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty good. I, I I feel I'm pretty happy with that. I, I'm growing at a nice clip, and I, I appreciate every one that follows me. Uh, you know, it's a it's very humbling to go from where I started to to where I am now. So um, I love that you know people want to hear what i have to say so it's it's you nice out, you know put out good stuff man and like I, say I you're really good to it. deal with so you know yeah so you know it you know they can follow me on twitter they can follow uh you know of course the lion's wire is how the bills get paid so any articles you, you know people <laughs> click on for that helps us out we obviously we don't get paid by clicks right we just we get paid by volume so that's why we put out as many articles as we do trying to get people's uh, attention and keep them informed and so you know, clicking is is great. It, you know, I'm not going to beg for clicks because it's just not how we do it. We put out content that we think people want to read, and um, you know, we're not going to. You know, I mean, look, we're we're not a we're not a site that's going to try and draw you in with the tricky headline, or we're trying to like you know be like all silly with like hot takes. It's that's not us. We're we're a bunch of guys that want to put out good quality uh, football, so and, and good good content as much as we can. I hear there's a decent like fantasy football article too that comes out on Thursday mornings. I don't know. I've told the I, the people may have caught that from time or time or two, but uh, yeah, definitely good stuff going out there. And like I say, just uh, appreciate it. I know we can't get you on too often, but anytime we can, it's it's great. And like you say, we're we're still really early in this season, just week six, mm-hmm. so uh, it seems like a long you know, way so far with all these trials and tribulations through these games, the victories, the last minute losses, but still lots of season to go. So hopefully we can catch up again. And like I say, just keep uh, putting out that great content. I know the fans love it and everybody appreciates it. And uh, like I say, just uh, can't wait to see what unfolds for this Lions season. So Grifka, you got oh, yeah. anything else for the people? No, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. Always exciting. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, We'll be back on Friday and uh, looking forward to talking more Lions, giving you more about our prep to Green Bay and uh, getting you pumped up for this football game. So take care, everybody. Pour a big glass of that Detroit Kool-Aid. We'll check you on Friday. We're out. Drink it in, man.